Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Is the track lit or do you have like headlamps on the car? No, you have headlights. Really? Yeah, yeah it's intense. Wow. Well, it's at night. Yep. There's 24 hours in the market. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they have 24 hours a day. Oh, cut, cut, cut. That's just when I thought you were doing well. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pit Stop Podcast. It's going to be another great episode, Jake. We've got a special guest. We are. We have. We are joined by no other than Jack Aitken. Put your hands together. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Like I said, just on my way, basically. So um, nice to drop in. Yeah, yeah. No, you were local in London, so it kind of worked up. I hit you up yesterday. Literally yesterday. Yeah, it came around quick, didn't yeah, it? How yeah, how have you managed to plan this so quick? Well, Matt's done all of this on his that's own. That's the best way, though, because my calendar is always such a nightmare. I don't know if you found that with Ollie as well, but trying to find a date is an absolute disaster. So if I can just get, get a day in the diary ASAP, that's the best way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's worked out really well. So thanks for being here, man. Um, I'm going to dive in. There's so much to talk about, but I'm going to dive in straight away uh, with you and Williams. Ooh, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit like that? So you're part of the My day job. Yeah. Is that the Williams Academy? Yeah. So basically, um, well, my my main role with them is I'm the reserve driver, which means if either Nicholas or Alex, who are the, the two race drivers for Williams, have an issue, like they get injured or they're sick uh, or they can't drive for any reason, then I'm the guy that would step in normally. Um, so I have to keep myself fit stay up to date with what's happening with the car. I do a lot of driving in the simulator for them hmm. um, and just generally make sure that I'm ready in case I'm needed. Um, and I'm like not crossing my fingers because I don't want to be like wishing for somebody yeah, to get yeah, injured, yeah. but <laughs> it's a bit of a weird position to be in. So that's my, my uh, job with Williams, yeah. Cool. Yeah, you said about being in shape and we kind of spoke with this, uh, spoke to Ollie about this. I mean, that's pretty intense, like kind of the training that you guys have to go through and put your bodies through to be up to scratch with that is that the same with because i know you do like i mean outside of formula one you do other racing as well which we'll dive into that later but is that is it the same kind of workout regimen yeah i think generally driving a car is a bit of a weird physical thing because you're like sitting in a bathtub position and then you're just moving your arms in the same way over and over again so like going to the gym and hitting the weights individually nothing's going to translate directly to having the strength to turn the wheel because they don't have um, power steering or being able to hit the brake pedal or holding yourself from all the G-forces. But if you do a little bit of everything, that kind of just means that you're a well-rounded, fit person. And that's that's kind of the approach that most people take. Um, so I do a bit in the gym. I do a bit of cardio, like running and cycling. Um, I do a bit of, of well anything really, rock climbing, swimming just try and keep it as varied as possible because it means i don't get bored as well because yeah it's not not a lot of fun a lot of the time (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. imagine this episode goes out on thursday next week so we've got the miami grand prix coming up this weekend does that mean you're on complete standby like right now could you be called out technically i am yeah it's uh yeah it's difficult one because the the races that are further away like miami um they unless the call up comes quite early in the day so like now ish like midweek imagine your phone it, goes now <laughs> right now <laughs> get on a plane see you later guys we do live next to an airport so you could just be gone in a matter of seconds would be ideal um yeah unless it happens relatively early then it means it's logistically quite difficult for me to get there mm. and um, there are other drivers that can be called upon like um uh, some teams will lend out reserve drivers if it's convenient so yeah um so yeah i am a little bit i'm always cut it's in the back of my head like you just just make sure that everything's ready but um, especially with covid yeah exactly if both of them caught covid or something it's still very much a thing yeah, yeah. Which well that's weird. what happened to you back in 2020 right 
Yeah, exactly. Why don't yeah. you explain a little bit more about that? I That's believe right. We've got in... someone on the podcast that has drove a Formula One car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, a real Formula One car. Moving up in the world. <laughs> Shit's got real. Um, yeah, Lewis, I think, was the one that got COVID when he was... Um, yeah. He'd already won the championship, I think. It was uh, end of 2020. And basically, Mercedes chose not to call up their reserve driver, who was Stoffel van Dorn. And instead, they called up George Russell, who is one of their academy drivers, but drives for Williams. And the knock-on effect meant that I was called up to Williams to replace George. So it was all quite like domino effect. And it happened on the the Wednesday morning before the actual race weekend. So fairly short notice. Oh, shit. What was that, um, like a phone call? Did yeah, you- it was like a phone call. It happened, actually, I got the phone call on Tuesday night. And then they were like, yeah, we're, we're not sure what's happening yet. We just need to see how it all plays out, sort out the paperwork, but maybe you'll be driving. And then I was like, well, now I have to try and go to sleep. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Like, That's brutal. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, call back in the morning and like, yep, you're in, you've got it for the weekend. So uh, let's get started. And from that point on, it was just like flat out trying to get everything ready. Because even if you're like fully prepared going in, there's still so much that you have to do when you when you actually get to the track and meet the team or get uh, into the car and make sure everything fits. Yeah. Going through all the media duties on the Thursday. I mean, you would have to get a yeah. seat made for you for that, right? I did have a seat already made because, again, that's something that you can prepare before. Mm. But you have to get it fitted into what is effectively someone else's car. Like, it's all set up for George. So they have to change everything, get the pedals in the right place, the steering wheel, sure. uh, make sure that you're comfortable. Um, so there's quite a lot of stuff that happened to happen very quickly. And it meant that until after the race finished, basically, I didn't have a moment to, like, stop and think, like, oh, my God, I just, like, I bet. didn't had yeah. my debut in Formula One. Like, that's a massive box in your life ticked. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool, obviously. Wow, what a crazy yeah, story. You just randomly insane, find out. Yeah, yeah you're going to yeah. be uh, driving this weekend, Formula One car. Replacing and that was your first ever time? That was your debut? That was my debut racing, yeah. I'd done some, like, testing for Formula One teams before, both with Renault and with Williams earlier that year, mm. uh, but never raced. Yeah, that's mad. I mean, how? So before that race, when was the like the last time that you'd been in an F one car? It was like uh, June that year, so like five months before. Quite a long time, yeah. and it was only for like it was an FP one session, so it was only for thirty laps or like an hour. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't the most extensive day well, of you running were really anyway. Into the deep end, yeah, man. it was literally just like to get to know the car and double check that I would be okay if I had to jump in. Luckily, I did that because even just that little bit of driving time helps you to prepare and know at least what to expect a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was in at the deep end. Mm. That's insane. Well, I, I mean, mean, like. What does what does training look like for that? I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, you go out on the track and you and you do practicing. But kind of, how often do you get to do that? Yeah, because we weren't sure whether you actually get to. For example, do F one drivers get to take the cars out to practice, or is it always in the sim until they're in like FP one? Basically, um, until you get to FP one on Friday, the first practice session, you're you're not really allowed to test. There are a few exceptions, like. Before the season starts, everybody gets a few days of testing just to shake the cars down and make sure everything's okay. Um, but during the season, you're not allowed to just really? take the car and go and practice wherever you like. So no one has like a private ring and they just go around? No, they, uh, they used to. People like Ferrari do have the, their own circuit dedicated for that from the old days when it was allowed, but they banned it to try and cut down on costs. Right. Um, wow. So now you do everything in the simulator. And um, yeah, then you just turn up on the weekend, you have your... You've got two sessions on Friday, one session Saturday morning, and then you're straight into quality. So you have a little bit of time to get up to speed, but it is quite like compacted. You know? Is it such a big difference between sim and car? Like That's no matter how much you do in the sim, no matter how much time you spend in it, is the car Everybody so different? Everybody wants to know how close the sim <laughs> is to reality. Um, they're getting like closer and closer all the time. Like it's really impressive what they can do. Um, the the big big problem is that. At the end of the day, if you've got a sim that's in a room like this, uh, even if it moves a little bit and it rotates and it's on little legs or whatever, um, you're never going to rip, uh, reproduce the G-forces that you get yeah. in the car. And drivers use those G-forces to feel what's happening in the car. Like when you feel um, the tires biting into the track when you go into a corner, it's the G-force is telling you how much grip you've got. And if you can't have that in the simulator, that's making it a lot harder to drive and you have to rely on other things like the feeling through the steering and your visual cues of what's happening on track 
Um, so it's a different style, you know, and like I've done some esports where I've driven against sim drivers who that's like their whole thing. They do it 24 seven. They practice full time on it and they're really good at it. And I'm rubbish. Like they mm. wipe the floor with me because it's different. It's almost a different sport. So it's, it's helpful to a point to like get the basic stuff down. But beyond that, it's, it's not going to re- replicate the real thing. Are they doing anything to get it closer? Is there currently like any teams that have a higher or a better simulator than anyone else? Or? Yeah. So, I mean, some teams have better ones than others. It, it's a question of money, like a lot of yeah. things in F1. Um, so the top teams have some really advanced simulators and, the teams at the lower end of the field will have sims that are generally a bit older and you know it's you're talking tens of millions <coughs> to update a yeah. sim so it's, it's a lot of money. that really does make so much difference because it's the only practice you get yeah yeah, yeah i've never really thought about that i mean yeah. i wanted to know like does the sim i mean in real life i suppose the weather also makes a big difference on how the car's going to perform that day like we yep. know mm, some about like the tires how they change the tires depending on different country so I mean, in the sim, does it replicate like how hot it is and different tires and, and the grip and stuff like that? Kind of. Like, there's some things that the sim can do, which is quite impressive. Like, um, f- for example, you know, if you have the race on the weekend and then you come back to the simulator afterwards, they will want to run um, that track and car to correlate to see how close they can get and make the sim more accurate. And they will take the recordings from the car of the wind because the car can measure where the wind's coming from and how Ooh. fast it is. And they'll just copy and paste it onto the simulator. So that now you have wind oh, in, wow. the, in the simulator, That's which crazy. is really cool. And they can change the grip level depending on how hot or cold it is. But they can't then go the further step of anticipating changes. It's always copying it from what's happened in the past. Um, so if you're preparing for a weekend it's very hard to know what's it going to be like if it's wet what's it going to be like if it's uh, really cold and the, there's no rubber on the track so that's harder wow we have learned some more <laughs> we're getting very in depth here like, we're desperately is, tr- we want to get somebody to we want our very own little championship <laughs> me versus fab and that is not anywhere near as serious as what you're saying at the moment yeah. we're playing it's the formula pro- one game probably a lot more fun trust me like, like, <laughs> yeah. the days in the simulator are really long and like you have like square eyes at the end of it it's, yeah it's how long do you spend in it you start from nine and you go till pretty much well some teams will run until five o'clock and they'll finish and like have a good work-life balance and others mm. will will run into the, the evening and what? Like, that's yeah. so brutal, long. man i could I not picture like spending like all my time off in a sim for that moment and then you just go and go in a real car like and constantly yeah. doing it but you must obviously love what you do so. i mean yeah i love it but like the simulator stuff is hard because it's not racing at the end of the day yeah, it's like yeah. driving again and again by yourself in a dark room and like i can't do a lot of days like that if i do one or two days in a row um driving the simulator i'm, I'm sick of it so mm-hmm. i i do a little bit before every event but that yeah keep it to a minimum <laughs> nice man yeah. that's really cool so what other like racing do you do apart from f1 i know you do other stuff indycar yeah. in it I've done a little bit, yeah. Le Mans now. Le Mans now. GP3. Basically, look at me, I'm firing off everything now. That's <laughs> really I've good, been really on good Google. knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've got a lot going on this year. We've got, so I did the IndyCar test at the end of last year, yeah. uh, which was really cool. The American style of racing is kind of a um, bit more relaxed feel in the, in the paddock. Like everyone's very serious and very intense. Uh, and in America, they're much more like, friendly i would say with one another like between teams and drivers generally they all get on pretty well it's quite a close community um so that's cool and the the tracks are a bit more old school as well um but this year i'm doing a lot of endurance racing so it's racing in like gt cars so i race a a lamborghini gt3 which is yeah it's always cool to be able to say i race a lamborghini that's (laughs) makes a good noise as well v10 um, and then I'm also doing some racing in a LMP2, which is a prototype car, which is what I'm going to race at Le Mans. Um, so that's going to be my first time doing that. It's like one of the biggest races you can do. It's been on my bucket bucket list for ages. First um, time, first time this Sick, year. Yeah, man, it's just over good. a month now from from that. Is that wow. your next race from now? Is that no? I've got a couple of races before then. Got one in the GT3 and one in the LMP2, and then I go to to Le Mans. So 24 hour Le Mans. 
you're new yourself aren't actually racing for like 24 hours are you no no, no. i was gonna say that <laughs> you would be well, I, I, what i thought that's what you have to do <laughs> well, no, they you have a team right? of three drivers oh like so, a relay yeah basically so you in uh, and it's the same in the lamborghini um even when we're doing like shorter races of six hours or four hours or whatever um basically everyone has to drive at some point for a minimum of like one hour in those shorter races in Le Mans, i think it's a minimum of six hours um and yeah you just tag in and out at the pit stops you'll do a driver change as well as changing your tires and filling up the car with fuel you have so, to jump out the car as quick as you can and someone else yeah it's in. pretty intense like you you practice the changes and it's like acrobatic stuff because wow. <laughs> they're very like tight to get in and out of the, yeah. the cockpits are tiny and um you have to you know have your own seat and everything which you throw into the car and you try and get belted in as quickly as you can obviously safely as well because mm. if your belts are loose when you're yeah. on track that's going to be a bad time oh so God. yeah that would be absolute chaos it kind of brings it like another dynamic to racing that's quite i think that's quite cool yeah it does and the other thing that's cool about the le mans racing and endurance racing is you've got different races happening at the same time so like you've got the fastest prototype cars which are close to f1 speeds uh racing on the same track as gt cars uh which are maybe 20 30 40 seconds a lap slower and they're kind of like moving chicanes so you have to be able to navigate the the traffic and the slower cars as quickly oh. as possible but also without crashing that's into crazy them. wait so, yeah. so wow so when you say there's more than one race going on on the same track yeah at the same time so there's like uh, at le mans there's four categories three different types of cars all at different like pace levels and um yeah like the fastest car to the slowest car you could be closing down on them at a difference of like 100 kilometers an hour in some corners what, what um, you're all on the same track all on the same track yeah imagine team radio that, that sounds like a recipe for <laughs> disaster doesn't it? yeah well there's some good crash compilations on youtube so mm. oh my word it, it's it's very very tricky because especially the slower cars a lot of them are filled with uh gentleman drivers which is basically that's a name for a driver who isn't a pro driver by nature like they've come in late to the sport because they've made money or they're wealthy from whatever and they've decided they want to give it a go for fun and um, so you're saying that me and jake maybe could have a chance at you can you've just got to make a shit ton of money (laughs) if you've got a spare million yeah (laughs) where where is it is it france yeah france and it's soon it's in one month yeah i could try and get a loan how well how the podcast we <laughs> really have a few more listeners I insert think. some ads in there yeah, yeah adverts everywhere because we're going to Le Mans <laughs> that's yeah. crazy we've always wanted to race some cars like just take get out on a track and do you like some karting and stuff like that or I've carted before, but only Loosely. ever as like parties or getting yeah. groups together. Never I mean, that's like... how I got into it when I was a kid. So yeah, like, yeah. Let's yeah. dive into that a bit more. I mean, when did you start karting, or when did you when did you like first find your interest in like motorsports? Is it in your family already? Or yeah, it's in my family. I mean, my family weren't into racing as such. Like um, we were more just into cars. So when I was a kid, we watched F one on Sundays and Top Gear as well. Yeah, that was Top like Gear. the ritual, um, and like never missed a, a race or an episode. Um, and yeah, like I said, I went to these karting parties with other kids and I really liked it. So I kept asking my parents to do more and eventually I got my own car, uh, my brother as well, who's a couple of years younger than me. So it became like a weekend hobby for all of us to go and do it at our local track and, um, just got like steadily more serious from there. I was seven years old when I started. Wow. Really young, but most people are, you know, yeah. 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 It, it's the nature of sport isn't it like the younger you start the more i think we've missed our cues i think we've honest, absolutely yeah. blown it man. <laughs> we've absolutely blown it well they haven't said that seeing what we're like on the ollie sim i don't think we're cut out yeah one lap and i was pissing my sweat <laughs> that thing is hard work you have to yeah. really push the brake yeah and like i don't know why but for some reason i imagine driving it would be just like driving a normal car like a wheel and then <laughs> but when you're driving you're braking at that you're like Ugh. i thought i was gonna break his sim yeah because we had headphones on i couldn't hear any of you like, i was worried someone was saying like you're gonna break it because i'm fully pushing the brake well, the main thing that i noticed was that i mean obviously you guys don't have any like abs traction or anything like that and when we play that game like we have obviously the the uh, the aids on or the assists on or whatever yeah. you want to call them everything but when we've like taken them <laughs> off like you could we come out of a corner and we're just sliding out straight away yeah like give uh, what's the lowdown on like i mean do you have to like feather the, the throw or just give feel us a like that, that's i mean 
you'd probably find it easier if you were doing it in real life like mm. it's so hard to get the feelings of when the tire is starting to break traction yeah like you'll see you know people like ollie and me who have been doing it for years and years um we can feel a lot more detail than than you guys because you don't know what to look for mm. like it's the tiniest things like you feel the rear start to slide and the steering starting to change because it's going out of line you feel the vibration from the rear axle spinning up all of that kind of stuff just telling you to like feather off the throttle a little bit before it gains traction and you can go back on um but it's just practice like like anything <clears throat> yeah so you know just knock on ollie's door a few more times maybe he'll give you a good <laughs> <laughs> we could actually, start our own go-karting team though yeah i mean yeah Pit that would be go-karting team where we could hire a load of kids they're amazing and we'll have our own formula one team one day maybe we've spoken about it they'll be a lot lighter than you as well yeah little <laughs> younger kids that's the problem but yeah because yeah. they're beating even me now like, i turn up for at my local track just for fun and they're like 20 kilos lighter than me and that's like half a second of lap time or something yeah they're sure. beating me i'm like this doesn't look good damaging my <laughs> reputation yeah but carton's a lot different to driving it is racing yeah. like, a, like, a, like a proper yeah, car yeah it's a bit of a transition like when you go from carts to cars it's a massive change because you go from something which even though the top speed isn't that high it's so nimble and it's so light that and you uh, you know you can change direction really quickly to a car which is a lot more powerful but relative to the weight is actually a bit like a tank and mm-hmm. like it won't change direction as quickly especially in the lower formulas where you have to start so a lot of people struggle with that when they they make that transition right yeah and what's the transition like between so i'm guessing you've done like f4 f3 f2 yeah yeah so what's the difference between that and then like going into an f1 car uh pretty big <laughs> it's uh because ollie said it was easier ollie's not driven an f1 ollie <laughs> 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 no, said ollie said that an f1 car would be easier because they have like better what is it power steering no, he, or something? oh yeah power steering physically yeah. it's easier because yeah the f1 cars have power steering and um to I be love honest this, by the way we need to bounce all of our guests together so that they know what yeah, we're so we can about compare so we have like an ongoing yeah yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That, yeah that would be sick <laughs> <laughs> no he's right in some senses like the thing is when you go from f4 f3 up to f2 you're always making a similar step like it's a bit more power usually they're a little bit heavier a bit more grip um the car's a bit more advanced and that's kind of a linear path that it takes so it's not that complicated and especially if you've got like a bit of talent or if you're a good driver going into something that's a little bit quicker really isn't that difficult you know the brain's really good at adapting to speed you know the first time you go on the motorway as a driver it's like holy shit what's happening i remember that day panic all over and then after five more days doing it it's no problem at all and it's the same when you're driving a car the thing with f1 is it's not just faster it's also way more advanced and it's uh it's a car that's been purpose built for that year in a very very unique uh way it's truly a prototype whereas f2 to f4 they're kind of mass produced relatively speaking they're Mm. built to a budget they're built to be a a one-size-fits-all for all the drivers and they're built to be safe and reliable over really fast so it's like going from i don't know a ford focus which is your, your everyday standard thing to, uh, I don't know, a Bugatti Veyron cool. or something that's really, really specialized. And you feel that in everything, you know, even when you're changing the dials on the wheel, like the click is a lot more satisfying. It's crisp. Mm. When you're trying to change uh, other settings, everything just works. You, you turn the wheel and there's no resistance. Like it's smooth, it's clean. Uh, whereas F2 cars, by comparison, are a bit clunky bit agricultural mm. um yeah yeah i could say more but great <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so you're a crazy. big f1 fan yourself yeah yeah so do, you watch it, do you watch it you obviously watch all the races then yeah like i lie to myself that i'm not like i prefer obviously t- to be driving than watching um but like i'll get up to watch the races if they're early in the morning like for australia i'll watch the practice sessions i watch other types of racing mm. i've always watched cars and racing so who do you support do you have a favorite driver i obviously support williams and they are my favorite drivers <laughs> if i take them out of the equation <laughs> which one is it latifi uh, or album uh, i'm not gonna pick sides so <laughs> equally good were you but, good friends with russell 
Um, I've known George for a long time. Like we even were karting together when we were like say, twelve yeah, or thirteen. Yeah, go back a bit. Yeah, so because um, he's doing great. He is. He's yeah. having a great. I mean, he's a great driver. I, I didn't expect him to do anything less than that when he moved to Mercedes. So. I think he's going to, you know, just keep growing and getting better and better. I predicted him to win this weekend. Really? Yeah. Bold. What do you think? Don't know. Car might hold him back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Car might hold him back, but it's yeah. a new track. He's young and hungry. Yeah. I don't think a lot of the teams know how the track's going to play out because it's, yeah, something brand new for everyone. First time. Yeah. So it could be a cool, yeah, it might be a bit of a shake up. Yeah. We'll see. It's like it's got a big old straight in it. Three DRS zones. Obviously, this goes yeah. up after Miami. So maybe at this point, we should say, who, can you say who you think is going to win? Or do you, you got to say Williams? Yeah, but now I'm just, there's a high chance I'm going to be wrong. Um, <laughs> you can give us the top, fun of it. That's the fun of it. I reckon, Mine was I reckon it'll be Verstappen. Yeah, did yeah. you? No, yeah. you got him second. Yeah, I, I, I said Verstappen first, Leclerc second, Lando third. Because Lando's been doing good, man. Yeah, he's been on form. McLaren as well. Yeah. I want to see Daniel back up there as yeah. well. Yeah, well, I'd love I'm to a big see Daniel, Daniel fan, yeah, actually. Yeah. That's who I would say if I was not connected to, um, if I was taking Williams out of the equation. Mm. Yeah. Because he's a super nice guy. It's like a lot of people, you look on the TV and like, I wonder if they're just playing up a bit for camera or whatever. But he is genuinely, as he looks on TV in real life as well, yeah. which is pretty That's cool. That's the thing, you know mm. the drivers in person, right? So we only know, we only know what we see and drive survive. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you have an in-person in opinion saying Daniel Ricciardo is amazing, all this stuff. What's your opinion on Drive Survive then? Are you, do you Mixed. like it? Yeah, I, I was a really big fan when it first came out, like the first season and even season two. Um, because I was like, no one's done this for F1 yeah. before where they actually go into the sport behind the scenes, show people what's happening in the teams and all the rivalries, all the stories. And that's what makes it so much more attractive. And it brought in a huge fan base that's a lot younger because before then, most people watching F1 were like, it's nothing wrong with that, but they were middle-aged yeah, men. Yeah, admittedly they were. Older, they were. Yeah, and that was not, not ideal. Um, so it's cool to see a lot of a younger fan base. I will say the last couple of seasons, I haven't really watched them because mm. I watched the first couple of episodes and I'm like, because I know what happens in the paddock um, and I see how they portray it and it's like, they are sometimes making stories a bit mm -hmm. more out of... That's what we've heard a lot, a lot, man. Yeah, just just embellishing things a bit too much or even sometimes misplacing um, footage over team radio and stuff yeah. like that to, you know, change the context. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's going a bit too far. But it's still bringing in more and more people who are, you know, they're coming up to me and saying... I never watched F1 before, but I've watched Drive to Survive and it was amazing. And now yeah, I'm going to watch the racing. Us. So, Literally. yeah, it's like a double-edged sword, isn't I feel it? like the idea yeah. they've got, and with the amount that does happen, realistically, they could easily get away with not having to, you know, change things around. I get why they do it from a production point of view, obviously, like mm. for clips and it's all of the music and build-up and conversations. But I do think for the next season, I'll be surprised if they have like anything fake or edited because they've had such mm, a, a backlash, backlash from the yeah. biggest season yeah. like really ever, like recently that was huge. Well, Verstappen didn't even want to be in it, did he, this, no. this last season? Yeah, and that, that's the reason why he said he, he just doesn't want to, um, he, I think he doesn't want to be in a position where they're portraying him to be something he's not or having rivalries with people that he's actually quite friendly with and all mm. of that stuff. So I liked it in the early seasons when it was like following Haas and like following, what was it? It was like, it wasn't following the main teams, was it? Because I don't think they had the yeah. access. The first, I like that in a I way. I think the first two seasons, uh, Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull all said that they weren't going to do it. So it was all focused on like the midfield battles, which was actually yeah. pretty cool. It was cool because yeah. you found out stuff about them, which you probably wasn't reported on before. Yeah, because so. yeah. you see so much of the top teams anyway. It's yeah. nice to see what's going on at the bottom end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope the new season comes out this season and it's just real and it's realistic. Hopefully we Keep have a little battles. Yeah. Keep it, it real, is, yeah. It is a great show. I, I love it. I mean, we wouldn't be here without it and I'm sure there's millions of other people that think the same, but it yeah. is good that everyone kind of is on the same playing field. Like, we don't need fake rivalries. Like, No, exactly. For me, I think aside of the rivalries, it was nice to like, because when you watch F1 on the TV, I mean, all you see is kind of the race. You see a bit of the, the pre race stuff but it's nice to like get an, an insight into like the people do you know what I mean the people the drivers yeah. more so no exactly and like I've seen that kind of documentary or series done for other sports like um I don't know like, well they well, started in football did you see that yeah football um 
but even before Netflix were doing it, a lot of American sports do it really well, whether it's the NFL or motocross or whatever. No. Yeah, and um, I think it's it's like you say, people are interested in the stories, aren't they? It's one thing seeing the the, the race happen on on TV, but then knowing the emotions that go into it for a team or the struggles that they're having yeah it adds a, another layer which is yeah. really good i mean it's, it's so serious on tv but obviously mm. you guys have a bit of banter i'm sure i yeah, know that no. you're actually you're dubbed as a bit of a joker in the paddock so i've, I've read <laughs> yeah yeah well, it's, it's like people want to keep such a professional look for because it's a very corporate world f1 there's a lot of money going back and forth sponsors yeah. teams um prize money so they don't really want to do the wrong thing that's slowly getting better i think the last like 10 years it's well, really come so along cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah and we yeah. don't know anything <laughs> no a lot of people have said that's like exactly what yeah. we've done like because we just though, came along like, and we've just chatted shit and learned and yeah. we're not like being told what to do we're doing exactly what we want but it's genuine and it's like it's a bit more fun you don't want to necessarily have because i think that's what f1 struggled with before it was only for people who were like anoraks about it and who were willing to sit down and watch two hours of strategy basically yeah, yeah. And there wasn't anything else human or storing about yeah. any stories around it and now it is a lot more fun and yeah there's a lot more younger presenters coming on board which is really cool to see as well it's not just x racers from formula one yeah so yeah no, I mean, are the, do you think the drivers are younger because I know, yeah. I think again, it was Ollie who said like you actually used to be able to get into Formula One earlier. But I swear, I mean, when I was a kid, maybe it's just because I was a kid, but I used to look back and think these guys look so old. But now, like, I look at some of the drivers and think they're literally. I mean, they're obviously younger than me. I mean, I'm twenty, so you're twenty six as yeah, well, yeah. right? And you, got, I'm old. Yeah, yeah. So we're old, all twenty six. Yeah, um, nice. but there's like guys driving who are like nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Yeah, I think the general trend, in, like in all sports, is getting younger. Like mm. people are getting professional from an earlier age, which is, I think, not the best. Like I didn't take it seriously until I was like well into being a teenager, um, and even then, you know, it's it's hard to know that that's what you want to dedicate your life to, yeah, and like have a career in that and take that risk as well. Uh, and I've seen like Verstappen, Leclerc, Norris, they're all good examples that basically from when they started casting at five or six even, um, they were like, this is what I'm going to do. Or their parents were like, this is what I'm, you're going to do. Kind of pushed into it. Have you yeah. always yeah. been, this is what I'm going to do? Or has there ever been a point in your life where uh, you wanted to do something else or have tried something else? I think uh, for me, I grew into it because like when I started racing, it was just as a kid who like, this was something that I was good at because I was very scrawny and small and light. So I was naturally, I had an advantage there and being scrawny doesn't help you in a lot of other sports. <laughs> so that was what I gravitated to. But I didn't like decide that's what I want to do and I want to try and have a career out of it until I was like 16 or 17. Wow. So that's like a lot. That's like nearly 10 years of me just racing because I, I enjoyed it and I was relatively good at it. Um, so it's quite different to mm. yeah, like some of the other approaches that you see now where people are being funneled into it a lot younger mm. and, and if you weren't racing what do you think you'd be doing otherwise no idea can't even think <laughs> something with cars but mm. i don't know i when i was at i like i finished until my a levels at school or i did my a levels um but then i'd had no idea what i would have done at uni and that's part of the reason why i didn't go and i decided to do the racing full-time instead um but i've i've always been in motorsport and in cars so yeah something in there so, wow. And when you were in F2, because you were in F2, it, was it F2 to Williams? Is that how it worked? Did you get... I went to, to Renault first, actually. Oh, okay. So I was, in, I was a Renault Academy junior when... Uh, 2016, when they first joined the sport. Was so that when... Were ago. they filming Drive Survive then? I can't remember. Or was that the next year? I think it was like a year or two after, like eight, 17 or 18. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I joined them first uh, while I was still in F3 and kind of stayed in the academy when I was in F2 and then became the Williams reserve driver after that. Um, and that's what I've been the last two years, basically two and a half years now. Yeah. I'm just reading here. So I've got a few notes. Uh, first year in F2, you were racing for ART. Yep. And Russell was actually your teammate. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, well, so you were teammates with Russell. Yeah. That's sick. We didn't, didn't know that. It didn't go well for me that year. It was a bad year. Oh, George, right. George was uh, really strong. He won the championship. Right. And being teammate to the guy who's winning is like the worst position you can be in because you have the um, the comparison to your teammate is the, Course, the strongest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it was cool to see me and George being teammates 
like nearly I think it was t- over 10 years from when we were casting together when we were like 12 or 13 just shows it's quite a small community it's a, it's a bit of a family yeah a bit of a tiny yeah, yeah. community yeah, there's a lot of, especially from the same nationality all the, all the British drivers are pretty close it's mm. the same for Italian drivers generally you grow up racing each other so it's hard to like avoid each other as well. and most of the drivers in the paddock like friends like or well, like at least friendly because yeah. we Ollie said about like drivers meetings and stuff like if you go and sit all 20 of them in a room together is everyone like friendly or mostly I can, yeah. I can imagine if there was like a crash or something or someone's called something surely they'd be fuming because yeah. i saw that video the other day of like danny rick going up to the ferrari garage oh, to, to apologize say, like, sorry to and i was thinking like that was really nice to see like, mm. that's kind of how i imagine it if they're all like quite friendly in that i think most of the time it's like that because as well i mean personally for me it's very tiring to to have a uh, like a sour relationship to hate someone mm. or to be hated and you know you spend so much time around these people and in close contact it's just not worth it a lot of the time but there are sometimes repeat offenders who get a name for themselves or they get the wrong kind of reputation or people who are just a bit more like naturally aggressive Max. in the way that they <laughs> not not saying any names. Don't say any. I mean, he's, I'm, allowed, I'm allowed to say. You it. can say whatever you want. I mean, to be fair, he seems quite popular. Like he gets on with a lot of drivers. Um, just maybe yeah. not some, but yeah, especially in F2 and F3, where you you generally have more crashes than in F1. I can imagine like um, F2, F3, F4. There's like a it's like a lot less friendly. Is everyone it like probably is a little because they're like right? battling more? Well, because you're all fighting for the same thing. You're fighting for very select places on the f1 grid yeah. you know you know you've got a grid of 20 or 22 drivers in f2 who on average in one year maybe one or two f f1 seats will come up um so there's a lot of desperation and like mm. fighting for those places is very intense so yeah. who do you think will go into f1 next year that isn't there now is there like someone that will come up or f2 um, driver maybe porsche who, who's doing okay for a- art but um, I say that mainly because I think Alfa Romeo are very keen on him. Yeah. They, you know, they wanted to sign him, I think, even last year maybe, but it was a bit too early. So if he has a good year this year, he would probably make the step up. To, and then would the step up be to reserve driver? Uh, he might go straight to the race seat. Actually. Wow. So, yeah. what, so, I mean, I assume... I, I guess it ass. yeah well it has to it has to see how it plays out with joe right for his first rookie year yeah right? yeah exactly i mean joe's obviously i think he's doing pretty well actually he's actually yeah, doing, he doing well yeah, right. he's got yeah. a quick car yeah well exactly it helps as well yeah uh so we'll see how he gets on but yeah Porsche could be one for sure um piastri who's the reserve at alpine i think he's pretty desperate to find a seat even if it's not with alpine yeah um and then you know there's always a surprise performer out of the the F2 grid so yeah. you know it might be someone like Drugovic who's I think he was leading the championship but not anymore uh it could be Lawson who's a Red Bull junior Vips another Red Bull guy so yeah we've been loving really watching the say. F2 yeah it's always good entertainment for me I prefer to watch the F2 um and sometimes the F3 just because it's non-stop action like mm. compared to F1 it, you can't take your eyes off it yeah. For, for better or worse you know yeah <laughs> yeah wow no i agree it's, it's nice that the f2 like follows the f1 round that you can watch it beforehand because i don't mm. think we ever would have really watched the f2 before but now that it's like on before the race you, obviously you're just going to watch it yeah, has it always yeah. been on before yeah it's always been okay they don't travel to all of the races <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> the more you know yeah it's it's generally like um couple of hours before the f1 on sunday and then they also have a race on saturday uh which is well could be whenever depends where they are but yeah they'll follow all the european races and then maybe they'll cherry pick one or two of the uh, flyaway races like um they went to Jeddah this year i think yeah yeah, um, yeah and they'll go to places like abu dhabi as well bahrain um which is pretty cool because as a young driver it's very rare that you get to race outside of europe you know? yeah going back to Jeddah then so what do you what's your thoughts on that track because we saw last year I don't know maybe as much this year but last year there, it was absolute chaos right there was yep. so many crashes do you think that like the crashes is part of Formula One and it makes it more I mean obviously I said this before you, you never want to see someone get hurt but mm. it makes it more exciting I guess it's a really hard question um, I think generally everyone is on is in agreement that the safer you can make something the better whether that's the cars or the tracks or the rules around what we're doing because the 
you know, the consequence of losing someone is just too high. Um, having said that, it's completely true what you say. The thrill of the, the crashes and the, the danger mm. is what makes Formula One so appealing to, to a lot of people. And like in the 60s and the 70s, when you had, I think at one stage, you, you, you know, drivers were dying every year, and yeah. sometimes multiple drivers in one year. That made it super popular um, because people are fascinated by that and um, seeing people who are willing to, you know, put their life at risk racing at those speeds is really amazing. So it's that hard balance, you know, mm. it's a core thing that makes the sport really interesting, but I don't think we're willing to, you know, take that risk. So someone like Jeddah, um, even though it did have a lot of crashes and it looked quite dangerous, it will have gone through a pretty rigorous safety inspection before they will have you know checked out all the walls the angles of the corners said is this going to be too fast do you need more runoff here um and i'm sure because all the drivers were you know raising concerns about it before they go there next year they're gonna maybe have a think about whether they need to change some things yeah wow what's it like driving in the rain um i like it because i'm british so i'm used to it (laughs) yeah yeah fair enough like makes sense it's yeah generally British drivers do pretty well in the rain. Um, but it's it's cool because it takes what we were talking about earlier about the lack of practice to an even higher level because it's very difficult to practice driving in the rain. You can't really organize it. And when it does happen, it's very unpredictable, like how yeah. much rain happens, if it's, um, you know, I don't know, a lot of standing water or just a little bit damp. Uh, so it really plays to a driver who can do it on feel. And like adapt to the situation. Um, and it was it like that in Imola. Quite chaotic. We were, when we were at yeah. Imola, like yeah. it was just crazy. Like yep. it was so wet, and then it would suddenly stop, and then there'd be a massive cloud, and then it would absolutely piss with rain. Mm. Imola was like that was our first ever Grand Prix we went to was Imola. Yeah, well, and the it was, sprint, it the was sprint was dry, fun. wasn't it? The sprint was dry. The sprint was I dry. I think, but the race was was yeah. We can't even rain. remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, there was a. I think it was a dry line at one stage. I remember watching the F two and it was chaos because it was a little bit damp offline. Mm. Yeah, but it's so easy to make a mistake in those conditions. Like you go half a meter wide and you're going to be in the wall because it's suddenly you're on the wet part of the track. Yeah, which is I like it. It's pretty cool, but <laughs> cool. Man. Not everyone does. <laughs> so you got your your next race coming up in. Is that in a couple of weeks? Yeah, a couple of weeks. So I've got, this is actually like a luxurious amount of time that I've got at home. Normally it's every week or every other week, but I'm home for a little bit and then I'm in Imola actually. Oh, now nice. I'm driving the LMP2 there for a four hour race. Yeah. Oh, wow. And is that you for four hours? No, again. No, nope, sharing the car. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it, it's pretty. Like, <laughs> Imagine you coming out of that relaxed. car after a four hour race, dripping with sweat, <laughs> yeah, like probably can't even walk. I mean, at Le Mans, you can do four hour stints. Oh, um, in extreme circumstances it's so like, that's obviously all the way through the night so the guys yeah. is the track lit or do you have like headlamps on the car no you have headlights really yeah, yeah it's intense wow. wait it's at night yep it was 24 hours in the morning <laughs> <laughs> unless they have 24 <laughs> hours a day <laughs> oh my god 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 oh, that's just mad. when I thought you were doing well <laughs> <laughs> oh I had to blow oh, it at man. some point so Cool. Well, we've learned quite a bit about you. Um, again, this is a little segment that we like to kind of bring into like our podcast when we have guests on now. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Is uh, these the few questions that we'll ask you to bring along to try and quiz me it's and Jake. It's quite fun, like getting the uh, host to become that. No, getting the guest to become the host. Turning for, the like, tables. Ten yeah. minutes. How just... the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> well, like on the train down, I was trying to think. The hard thing was I'm trying to gauge how much you guys know about the sport because, like you said, you're quite new to it. Yeah. Don't know if you're quick learners or not. So mm. got some like different levels. It would be funny if we haven't got a clue. Either way, is it about F1? There are. All, yeah, they're, they're no, all about, about F1. F4. They're all about F1. <laughs> all about F1. Yeah, okay, keep it great. simple. Okay, great. Is there anything about Le Mans? I'm out of it. I have no clue. For those of you listening right now, play along at home. If you haven't already followed the po- podcast, please do it. The follow button, subscribe, rate it five stars. It really helps us out. And without further ado, let's see how smart we are. I get so nervous for this section, man. So, first question I have, start basic. I hope it's basic. (laughs) Don't embarrass you guys. All right, all right. How many cars are on the F1 grid? Oh, okay, all right. Oh, we're going to be fine, I think. (laughs) Okay, three, two, one, 20. 20. 
boom. Bosh. There we go. All right. I all did right. nearly Just say that. You know, I don't know where we stand. <laughs> That's okay. I appreciate that. Imagine uh, straight off the bat. Wrong. 17. All right. So, Just walk out. <laughs> what, uh, this one is about the rules about F1. Okay. Mm, okay. So we'll see how, how good your knowledge is. What does the yellow flag mean? And bonus points. What does a double yellow flag mean? Oh, if you want to, you know, shit. ramp up the difficulty. Okay. Um, I, I've got it. Yeah. Three, two. We'll do, we'll do yellow flag first. Okay. All right. Three, two, two one. one. Caution. Safety car. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. Caution. Caution. Safety yeah. car. Mm, and sometimes. double yellow flag would mean safety car coming out. Mm, or debris on track. Kind of. Yeah, close. So basically... Oh, nice. He's so, <laughs> doing pretty well. Caution. Um, so a single yellow flag just generally means caution. There's an accident ahead. You know, So the just, safety car so you know, doesn't come out. Like, not necessarily. necessarily. Yeah, right. not straight away. Um, and a double yellow flag means there is an obstruction on track. Could be debris, could be a car, could be a person. So you have to be ready to stop or if in the worst case scenario. And then usually, yeah, a safety car would come out at that stage. Um, but it doesn't always happen. Well, I'll so. take that. That's not so bad. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. pretty good. I'll tell you who does need to swap, like Le Mans 24 hours, and people standing there waving them flags. <laughs> oh my God. Do you never sit, stand and watch that? Generally, Generally, one of their arms is like do. three right. times. I'm pretty sure they couldn't be standing there all night because there's a lot of accidents. <laughs> yeah, and they have like 10 flags, I swear. There's so many different yeah. colour flags. Yeah. All right. We should get a job doing that, fam. Right. Um, <laughs> I've got, got another question for you. This one is about records in Formula One. So right. it's testing a bit, little bit of history, yeah, yeah. but not going back too far. Okay. Right? So Hamilton holds the, the record for the most wins in Formula One, uh, which he broke, re- I think, like three years ago. So yeah. Like, um, before it was Hamilton, who held the, the record? Yeah, and I got this. bonus, if you can get the number of wins it was before Hamilton got it. Yeah, that's, I think I- that's quite difficult. All right. Okay, go, go for the guy first. I can give you a multiple choice for this for the second part. Do the first one. I feel like I, I have I the second part. I reckon we go with the second yeah, part. Yeah. I feel like I have it. Yeah, and I know Hamilton right. as well. Okay, right. so first one, three, two, two one, Schumacher. Schumacher. Boom, yeah, got and it. And the second part, three, three two, two, one, 77. Oh, we got two different answers, 67 and 78. 78, yeah. You were closer. Oh! It was 91. Because oh. yeah. Hamilton's 103. I yeah, should have known that it was more. Yeah, he only broke it recently. It might not even be three years ago, but, yeah. wow. but not bad. Thank you, man. <laughs> it's not bad at all. We're not yeah, going to get right. exact numbers, right. Do you know what? No. The only reason we know this, because when we first started Pit Stop, we just started putting up stats. Yeah, like graphics. So like, oh, really? It's almost ingrained in our head. When we started bit. the page That's originally, cool. before it was a podcast, it was like a graphics. We were just making graphics stats, yeah. and everyone thought, these guys know everything. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> we pump out face on it and we're like we don't know anything <laughs> called Dunno. google <laughs> it was all google we lived on wikipedia <laughs> pretty much <laughs> all right and then this one um it's like um again you can get multiple points for it if you get it right oh, brilliant. so the team that i started with uh in formula one was renault which is now called alpine and this is a team that's been known to change their name and their ownership over the years uh, but always in the same factory and in the same location okay. in Enstone. So they're kind of affectionately known as Team Enstone. So now they're called Alpine. How many teams back can you name to their original team, which was in the early 1990s? Oh my and the original team was Renault? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. <laughs> okay. So obviously, they're Alpine now. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't, even told you that, I couldn't have even told you that Renault was Alpine. Really? No. <laughs> I thought they were well, they're using a Renault, they're using a Renault engine, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought Renault was um, <laughs> Racing Renault Point. Renault. Was Racing Point Aston Martin? Well, that's one of them. Mm, no. no. No, it's not. Racing Point became Force Aston India. Martin, didn't it? But For- Racing Point used to be Force India, but that's a different team to this one. Lotus. Yes. Yes, one. let's go, yeah. Fab. Come on, yeah. keep going. I haven't also, got any idea. Yeah. Uh, Red Bull used to have a Renault engine, no? Yeah, yeah, but a different team. Ah. Sorry? Alfa Tori? No. Uh, Toro Rosso? No. I'm just shouting at that <laughs> shit now. <laughs> I actually don't know. Ford. <laughs> it's quite a hard question. I'll give you some, a, a clue. Before they were Lotus, they were one of the teams that... Um, no, not Fiat. Um, uh, they, they have been, again, they were, they've been one team twice, if that oh, makes sense. The right. same owner has had them twice. <sighs> and you've, you've got, you know one of them. Uh, come on, Fab. Well, one of them's on, on the grid already, no. Aston Martin. The, we've just mentioned one of them, but it, you, it was the team that Fernando Alonso won his world championships with back in the mid 2000s. You love Fernando Alonso, fam. You love know. him. 
We, I mean, we've, had, we've, had a, we've, we've had a similar question before. Like McLaren? <laughs> oh my Mercedes? God, people are going to be listening going, oh my God, these guys are so stupid. <laughs> this is just, you know, it shows how, how much more joy you have to, to oh, learn about yeah, Formula I know, so much. Yeah. Like, well, we got There's a whole world out there. It what? was uh, so. I'll give you the rundown. It, so they're Alpine now. They were Renault when I joined them, which was like five years ago. Then they were Lotus, which you got. Um, then they were Renault before that, actually, which is when Alonso was with them. BMW. Uh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Good effort. Yeah, but they started out as um, they were Pass. Benetton back in the day. <laughs> Peloton, no uh, Benetton. Benetton. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which was uh, Braun. Schumacher used to drive. Yeah, Braun was with them exactly. Oh, yeah, Braun uh, GP. Oh, you knew. And, Jensen Button uh, World Title 2013. And right before <laughs> the, the first team who brought them was Tolman. So Tolman, oh. that's going a long way. Well, back, I didn't though. even know they were a team. Never that was quite a hard them. question. So that was really yeah. hard. Kudos for getting the ones that you got. That was a really good end, end one though. I'm gonna take that. I feel yeah. like I, I ramped it up quite quickly from the first question. Oh yeah, like, yeah that was maybe no. a bit steep. Yeah, it did go from. The easiest to something the we're never going to know, but uh, we did well. Yeah, <laughs> so you got a solid amount of points. It's all good. Awesome. Well, dude, Jack, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's thanks for having me. Amazing, pleasure. We yeah. have something to give you as well. Oh wow, yeah, we okay. give all of our drivers a gift. Little gift, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bring I'm, it I'm, out. I'm, it's made the trip worthwhile Wait. already. <laughs> yeah, got my my tube fare back in gifts. It's a it's a, a it's a pet lizard. Yeah, because you're a driver, you get the same hoodie that I've got. Because <gasps> I'm a driver as well. Obviously. I just drive on the sim Look at that. <laughs> some that some quality hoodie. merch to Your walk away very with. own pit stop hoodie. And the mission is Thank to wear guys. it to as many places as you can. <laughs> yeah, cu- cu- couple requirements. If you're ever on TV, that has to come out straight away. <laughs> but Get so rid of that Williams stuff. I'll probably be able to wear this for one or two races, but then it's going to disappear because my girlfriend's going to steal it. So, uh, yeah. Fair enough. Losses. What oh, can well, you do? Well, you guys can share it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate yep. it. For those of you listening, hit the follow button if you haven't already. There'll be a new episode on Monday. Thank you very much for being here. Rate the podcast five stars, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>